Welcome back to your favorite podcast. It's The Feels with me, Charmian. And yes, we are back with a bonus episode. I think because I don't think I want to wait till the entire second part of this season to be ready for this to be out. I feel called to record this because I finally have decided how I want to do it. So I'm just going to do it. I hope that you guys have been well since we last spoke. I just want to do a quick check-in on your themes as well. Uh, It's so nice to have you guys in on this with me because it's also keeping me accountable. And when I think about my theme at any time during the year, I'm also thinking, wow, I wonder how the Feels fam is doing with their themes So just a reminder that I would love to receive your stories on how your themes manifested itself this year. And I'm going to talk more about it when I release part two. I'll probably share with you how to reach me with the stories and what you can include in there. Um, But yes, it's going to be very exciting. And I'm going on on a limb here. I don't know if anybody's going to respond or even be willing to share the stories, but I would love to share them on the podcast also shout out to new people who are joining the community i know that some people are just finding the feels which is perfectly okay uh it surprises me every time i hear people tell me that they just found it but i also realized that all of my content was made to stand the test of time i know it sounds so amazing when i say it like that because it is i am actually very proud of the fact that Every episode that I make, I always want it to be timeless because I firmly believe till this day, you will find the content that you need to find when you're ready to find it. And there are just so many podcasters who do self-help that even I personally, I don't like to keep consuming it. It's just you end up spending more time consuming it rather than applying it. And you can't be on this journey of consistently working on yourself or finding something to fix. And to be honest, I can tell you right now that I think is the unspoken toxic side of self-help content, which is actually also why I don't feel the need to post regularly because I know that you guys binge the episodes. It is there when you need to re-listen to it to guide you through certain processes And it's actually very timely that I'm talking about this because today we are talking about the process of letting go. If you clicked on this episode, I am just going to assume that you do have something you want to let go, you maybe think you need to let go, or you're just so sick and tired of your own shit that you're like, you know, I'm just going to click on this episode because I don't know what else to do. Let's see what she has to say. Maybe it will help. As always, The Feels is a space that I go to to share with you tried and true processes, techniques, or just random musings of how we can take better care of ourselves. And personally for me, I've avoided talking about letting go because number one, it's not a fun topic to talk about. It usually feels very dark and moody and dramatic. And to me, I'm just like... I'm really not about that vibe, okay? Like, if we're going to talk about letting go, let's get straight to the point. This shit sucks, and we want to let it go, so let's find the best way to do it. And in general, people don't like to tackle letting go in their own lives because it's messy. It is exactly what it is called. It's letting something go. And I'm going to break it down for you really simply today, how I understand it, 
and why the techniques that I'll be sharing with you makes this simpler for you. I hope that this will make it less intimidating for you. And in time, you might even enjoy the process of letting go because this is the kicker. The more you practice this, the better you get at it and the faster you can let shit go. So for starters, guys, I want to talk about what letting go is and what it's not. When people think about letting something go, they have this misconception that letting go is something you do. Like, I have to do this to let this go. I have to do steps. There is action to be taken. But if you think about it, letting go is not something you do. It's actually something you stop doing. It's a non-action. I don't know if that's sunk in yet, but I'm going to repeat that, okay? Letting go is not something you do. It's something you stop doing. And to give you a physical reminder of what I mean by this so that you don't forget that letting go can be easy, let's do a little experiment, okay? You know me. I love my experiments and I keep it easy for you. So wherever you're listening to this right now, if you happen to be taking public transport, then maybe wait till you are at a place where you're not moving. <laughs> but I want you to find an object that is inconsequential to you. It can be a pencil, just anything that you don't really care for and you don't mind dropping on the floor. Maybe you can kind of guess where this is going, but I want you to stick it out with me anyway. Okay, so you pick up that object. I want you to hold it in your hand. Stretch out that hand. I'm doing it with you, okay? It's a light grip, I'm assuming. Now I want you to drop that object. This is what I want you to remember. Although the act of letting go feels like you have to do something to release it, the act of releasing puts you back in neutral gear. So you stop doing it. You stop holding on to it. Letting go is basically not holding on to something anymore. Which brings me to my next point, that letting go is actually part of our nature. Going back to the object that you just released from your hand. Is it not true that the moment you let that object go, you come back to yourself? You come back to the person that you are, not holding on to anything. That's you. That's your nature. You're just releasing that something extra that you are holding on to. But it's not part of you. So you can let it go. This then brings us to the question, okay, but Charmian, when we talk about letting go, obviously we're not just letting go of a pencil or something I don't really care for. I'm not just letting go a stress ball. I'm letting go of something that's real important to me, and that's why I find it hard. I understand. There is a reason why the topic of letting go is so hot in the world of self-help. Because when we talk about letting go, we're thinking about the one thing that we just can't let go. And I get that because although the act of letting go is in our nature, is actually simple, it's not always easy. And I'm saying this from personal experience. I know I'm not the only one. I read books on letting go. I watched videos on letting go. And each time I just get so frustrated that it's not what I'm looking for. Either the process is too complicated or it's too scary 
or if I dive into it and I can't pick myself out of it, it makes me feel worse. Which is why I only share things that I know feel good for me and I hope that they resonate with you as well. So if we can acknowledge that when we want to let go of something, it is not as easy as letting go of a pencil, an eraser, a stress ball. This is where we bring in the object again. We're going to use that object to explain this portion, hopefully give you an answer that enlightens you. You're going to hold that object out again. And this time, instead of a light grip, I want you to squeeze it in your hand. So it doesn't matter what object you've picked, you're going to squeeze that object. And we're just going to stay here. At what point do you start to feel pressure or even pain? Now let it go. Now the point that I want to bring up here is that even the slightest of things, when held on to for more than what is necessary, more than you'd like to, these inconsequential items can still hurt you. They still feel uncomfortable. So if holding on to something that doesn't matter to you can still hurt you, then the opposite of that is also true. Meaning that if the thing that you're holding on to, and I'm talking figuratively now, right? The thing that you want to let go of. If the thing that you're holding on to doesn't take long to hurt you, that past memory, that difficult emotion, that unwanted thought enters your system and it already hurts you, you can also let that go just as easily. Because it's not about the object. It's not about what you're letting go. It's the fact that you are the one letting it go. I really hope that you're following me on this because I think this is so important to realize. The reason you think this one thing that you can't let go is difficult to let go is because you've decided that this thing that you're holding on to is more difficult to release from your grasp as compared to letting go of a pencil, your keys, a stress ball. I'm not saying that how you feel about that thing you want to let go is invalid. I am simply saying that if you can see that it's the fact that holding on to it for a time that is more than comfortable for you is what's hurting you, then it doesn't matter if it's a pencil or if it's an X. It doesn't matter if it's a stress ball or a thought that you don't like or a memory that you want to let go of. It doesn't matter what that object is because it's the act of holding on that's killing you right now. It's holding on to it that's making you suffer. So I hope that puts things into perspective. And this will bring me into the first part of this episode where I talk about the Sedona Method. Now you can Google what the Sedona Method is as you are listening to how I explain it to you the way I practice it. But just a brief explanation of what the Sedona method is. There are many interpretations, variations of this method, but the one that I will be sharing because I've used it and I like it is the one by Hale Duo Skin. 
So he wrote a book called The Sedona Method. I didn't read the book. The book is actually very short. It's like 69 pages. But I learned this through a video so I could actually see how it was being done. And Hale Duo's skin uh, actually has a YouTube channel, I believe. He holds these like sessions and he guides you through the Sedona method. So if you want to do that, he is a great guide. He's got such a soothing voice. And obviously he's the perfect person to guide you through it because he's the one who wrote the book. Uh, he's not the guy who invented the method. His mentor is Lester Levinson. And Lester's story is pretty interesting. He's a very successful guy. And he was having serious health issues. And even though he was so successful, his health was failing him because he was just bottling up so much shit over the years. He just never dealt with it. And in order to save his life, he created the Sedona Method. So Hale actually learned it from him. And I believe he is teaching this to people now. It's H-A-L-E-D-W-O-S-K-I-N. Hale Dwoskin. This method is a very simple three-part process. And it consists of just questions. You're taking yourself through the process by asking yourself these questions and then answering them. And before I explain the technique, I want to share with you why I find this method helpful. Okay. Now, I mentioned that letting go is in our human nature. We already know how to do it. And this method basically enhances that ability, that natural innate ability to let things go. I've tried another technique actually by David Hawkins. He wrote a book called Letting Go and I listened to his audiobook. And most of the book is really about sitting with the feeling and focusing on the feeling. And I get that. Like I actually tried it and I did talk about it, I think, briefly in a number of episodes here on the podcast, not specifically, like I didn't say, hey, we're going to talk about Letting Go by David Hawkins. But I understand where he's coming from. Because you've heard me mention on the podcast that what you don't feel, you cannot heal. And that was where I got this from, from Letting Go by David Hawkins. Now, I will say this, a lot of people in the world love that book. They swear by it. It works for them. That's great. Remember that any technique that anybody shares with you or that you found only works as well as you want it to, only works as well as you believe it to, which means there is no right or wrong method. There is no better technique out there. It's just the one that works for you. And for me, I found that the Sedona method, Hale's Sedona method, works for me because I don't have to dive into that feeling and swim in it and possibly drown. Because when I tried David Hawkins' letting go method, I found that it became very indulgent. And our brain works like that, right? Especially for difficult things that you have tried letting go before. You tried talking yourself out of it. You've tried crying. You've tried being angry. Whatever you've tried, it doesn't go away. I find those to be quite a stickler. So if you allow yourself to engage with it too much or indulge in it too long, what I find for me tends to happen is that I find it very difficult to get out of it. And then it creates a whole new problem. It's like, what do I do? I've opened the can of worms. I don't know how to get myself out of this shit. So 
I will say, if you are interested in looking at David Hawkins' letting go method, please go ahead. Maybe you've already read the book and you actually like it. So you clicked on this episode to see if we align. If that method works for you, please, by all means, keep using that. Don't pick a technique that doesn't resonate with you, okay? But for those of you who don't actually have a fixed technique to help you, this is the first time you're attempting anything technical to let go, then maybe give this a shot. You are not going to depend on it forever. It is a great stepping stone to get your wheels turning to remind you that it is easy, it can be simple, and eventually you won't even need to use this method anymore. That is the beauty of it. When you're learning something, it helps to have textbook information, right? It helps to have techniques for you to fall back on to push you in the right direction. But the people who truly succeed at doing anything drop those techniques after a while. It's like at the beginning, if you learn how to invest, probably not the best person to talk about this, but let's just say you're talking about investing. At the beginning, you're reading up a lot and you're finding out how other people do it. But in time, if it's something that you really want to master, you find that it's through practice that makes the process easier. It's like you have it so ingrained in you that you don't even need to fall back on that textbook information anymore. It will become natural for you to stop holding on whenever you choose to not hold on anymore. With that, we're going to get into the method. And if you would like to try it out with me by starting with something small. And when I say small, I mean Maybe something that irritates you. Maybe you got cut off in traffic today. Someone sent a very rude email. You didn't get approved for something. Something that you know you don't have that much resistance to. Like, you know you're going to get over it. It won't take that long. It's not that hard, but you do feel something, okay? You're allowed to try it with me, but if not, you can just save this for another day when you have something that you really want to try this out with. So... If you do have something in mind, you're going to bring that to the forefront. Now, you're not going to deep dive in it. You're not going to ask why. You're not going to debate at any point in this process. So the first question I want you to ask yourself is, could I let this go? As in, do I have the ability to let it go? Can I drop this? Usually, if you decided that you want to let go, It's very likely that your heart is already telling you that, yes, you're ready to let go so you can let this go. But if you happen to use your head to answer this question, which you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be debating in your head, you shouldn't be rationalizing any of the answers for all three questions, okay? But if you happen to let your head take over for a bit because we're so conditioned to use our head for everything, I want you to bring yourself back to the experiment that you did. I want you to remember what I said. The fact that you can physically let that object go from the grasp of your hands is evidence, is proof that you can let this thing go too. And that's all you need. That's all you need to prove to yourself that you have the capability to let it go. Again, both yes or no answers are okay because chances are even if you say no, you're actually still letting go. You are. Whether you realize it or not, all three questions, 
They're designed to get you in the process of letting go. You're not to question if you're doing it because the moment you start the process, you are doing it. So the answers itself don't really matter. You're still practicing it. Okay. So whether it's a yes or a no for that question, we're going to move on to the next one. Would you let it go? This question is asking if you're willing to let it go. Now, if you answer yes to could you let it go, you can now ask yourself, okay, since I said I have the ability to let go, am I willing to let it go then? I have what it takes. Am I willing to? If you said no, it's okay. No, I can't let go. But would I still be willing to let go? What I found was really compelling about this question is that the question itself is designed to get you to consider the alternative of not being willing to let it go. When I approach this question, it always comes with this other one that I ask myself, which is, what is the alternative here? If I'm not willing to let go, what is the alternative? The straight answer is, I'm still holding on to it, right? That leads you to the conclusion that, okay, if you're not willing to let go, you're going back to square one. You're still holding on to the thing that hurts you. You're still holding on to the thing that makes you uncomfortable. You clearly don't like it. That's why you're here. That's why you decide to give it a try. So understanding that, it brings me back to answering the same question again. Would I be willing to let go if I knew that the alternative here is that I'm going to hold on to it? Then I realized, you know what? Yeah, I actually want to let it go because I don't want the alternative. The choice has been made for me. The moment I started this process, I knew what I wanted. I don't want to hold on to it. So yeah, I think I would be willing to let go. Now, once you've arrived at yes for this question, you're going to move on to the final question, which is when. When are you going to let it go? Then you realize setting a date, postponing this in any way, makes no sense. You can't go back to yesterday to let this go, which leaves you with now, the present moment. So when? When are you going to let it go, boo? I mean, if you said you can let go and you're willing to let go, then why not now? Why postpone it? Why can't we do it now? Let's just do it now. Once you've arrived at now, you hear yourself saying now to this question, you're done. And that's it. Now, this is crucial. When you get to the end of this process, don't overthink it. Don't ask have I really let go? Did I really just do it? I don't feel anything. Listen, you don't have to feel anything. You don't. Answering the questions in and of themselves is actually you already letting go, which is why I recommend starting with something small. And it can even be something small in a very big thing. So for example, you don't have to go straight into letting go of a person. That usually feels like an Everest in our minds, right? Because a person comes with stories, comes with memories, and it's just like, ah, I can't, I can't, I can't let this go. Start with a memory. Start with 
an uncomfortable conversation. Start with how you felt in that conversation. Start small because it's like you chipping away at the iceberg. And before you know it, you probably won't even take that long because the more you chip away at this, the bigger and more ambitious you will get naturally with this process. In time, you might actually reach the point of not just chipping away at memories or unwanted thoughts or emotions. It's just straight up, okay, I want to let go of this entire event, entire person from my life. However you want to look at that, I'm just going to do it right now. I'm going to let Richard or Sabrina go. Shout out to y'all if you are listening and your names are Richard and Sabrina. But point is, don't worry. Don't worry about what happens when you get to the end of the three questions. You are already doing it whether you realize it or not. Now, the beauty of the Sedona method is that you don't have to feel raging emotions. It doesn't have to be a very turbulent moment for you to practice the technique. If you feel numb or blank or you don't know how to feel, you can start by letting go that you don't know how you feel. Some people feel immediate relief by answering those questions because it just clicks in their head for them and they already feel a weight lifted off. But you don't have to if you don't feel it. Don't force anything. Remember, letting go is non-action. You're not doing something to let go of something. You are stopping holding on. Actually, when I practice this myself, what I realize is that it's a cumulative experience. So whether or not you feel something from the first time you start, it doesn't really matter because the more you practice it, the more layers you're actually peeling away and that lightness will come. So let the emotion be a byproduct. It's not your focus here. You've already set the intention when you started this process by bringing that feeling, that event, that memory to the forefront of your head. So you don't have to worry about the details, okay? This actually works really well with the final episode of part one, which was how to forgive. And if you need to combine this method or use this Sedona method as a tool to supplement your journey of forgiving something or someone, I welcome it because I actually think it goes really well together. Now, moving on from the Sedona method, this is the Charmian method. <laughs> okay, I can't possibly name it. Can I? Let me think. Okay, I don't think it's original. I just think it's really fun. I have done this myself, so obviously I'm going to name it after me. I'm not going to name it after Lester because Lester's got his own method. But this is a method I use before I even knew about the Sedona method. And I use it for the big stuff, meaning things that actually need time. Things that you actually need to feel, but you are going to set a deadline. And I actually tried this for the first time late last year when I was trying to get over a situationship. Had I known about the Sedona method, maybe I wouldn't even have attempted this. But to be honest, I did it because I was kind of desperate. Desperate not for the person or the situationship. I was done. It was like the remnants, you know? I just knew I did not like the version of myself that I was being. I didn't like that season of my life. And it just felt like I was going in circles. I got very frustrated with myself and... 
it was just an endless cycle. It just felt like an endless cycle of, I want to let this go. I want to move past it, but I don't know how. So I got so frustrated. I got so angry that I was on a phone call with a friend and I told him, fuck it. Let's do this. Let's make, let's gamify it. We are going to set a deadline, you and I. You're going to keep me accountable. So I'm telling you what my plan is right now. I'm going to give myself a month, a month to feel every single thing that I now feel, that I need to feel, that I haven't felt yet in order for me to fully flush this person, this situation, this this everything out of my life. And I got excited because suddenly I had something to look forward to. I was kind of transmuting these bad feelings and the fear and the frustration and the anger into something productive, which was to get rid of it. So my friend, knowing me well, added some stakes in there for me. We agreed that if I could hit the target, as in completely flush it out in a month, he was going to take me to a really expensive dinner. (laughs) There was this like Wagyu beef restaurant that I really wanted to go. And he was like, I'm going to take you there. And this is the perfect occasion to celebrate it with. So let's let's put it in there. I was like, that's perfect. That gives me so much motivation to to get it done. Now, at that time, when I said this, obviously, I was not in a good mood. And I was worried that I couldn't get it done in a month. Because it felt so heightened and so overwhelming that I thought, you know what, what if, what if I feel really miserable every day and I, and I get further away from my goal. So we put in little milestones within the month to set me on track. We agreed that for every three smooth sailing days, and what I mean by smooth sailing is I don't think much about the person. I don't feel much for this person anymore. I'm moving along and focusing on myself. I'm not engaging in intrusive thoughts about the situation. That's considered three good days. For every three good days, we get a drink. We get a cocktail. So we heighten the stakes there. I can't remember if he was going to buy me a drink or I buy him that drink, but it was like, it's a cause for celebration. We're adding another cocktail to every three days of successful release, you know? So we gamified it and it was it was fun because every time I felt like I was slipping from a good state of mind, I would open up my notes app and I would look at the plan. I would look at the game and I would make it fun for myself. It took the pain out of the pain of letting go, basically. And I remember there were some really bad days. Like I, you know, had some really good three days at a time. But in the middle, I remember feeling crap. Like, I felt like I was slipping back into my old ways. I would find myself engaging in unhealthy inner conversations. Like, I would wrestle with myself. And him being such a good friend would text me every couple of days and be like, Hey, how was your three days? How are we doing on that steak counter? How are we doing on that cocktail counter? And having a friend when you're letting go is so important. If there is someone that can support you on this journey, I'd highly recommend you to get them to be in on this because they love you and they'd be more than happy to be a part of that journey because they want to see you win and they want you to be happy at the end of the day. And if you can both make a game out of it, it's actually going to be 
a lot more enjoyable, lesser of of all evils, you know, because it's not always a straightforward process, right? Letting go. And I remember this so clearly. We did this in December. So by the time I hit the deadline, it would have been the end of the year. The final few days leading up to the deadline, I actually felt really bad. I was like, oh my God, like I thought I was doing well in the middle of it because it had been two, three weeks by now, but I felt really bad. Like things were triggering me. You know, friends around me would would pick up the conversation about that. Not purposely, but sometimes people just don't know what you're going through, right? So they bring it up because they care about you or they think that you're ready to talk about it, but you're not. And then when they bring it up, it's like, oh, trigger. But I stuck with it. Here's the key. And I want you to take this with you if you decide to use this method of mine. Every single time you feel yourself slipping back to an old state of mind, to an old way of thinking, to feelings that come up that you thought maybe were gone, remind yourself, I set a deadline. I said I would get it done. So I will get it done. It doesn't matter what deadline you set, but I recommend that you start with a reasonable deadline for yourself. I gave myself a month because logically I was like, okay, I ain't going to spend more than a month letting this affect me. I will do it in 30 days. I'm not going to, I don't care how I do it. I'm going to get it done. And now I'm actually letting go of something. And this time, instead of setting a month, I'm challenging myself to do it in 10 days. Now, The reason I make it 10 days this time is because one, I've had success with setting a deadline for my pain. I know how it works. I know what I can fall back to, to get back on track. And maybe there's that added challenge there that makes this a little more exciting for myself, which is if I could do it in a month last time, maybe I could do it in much less this time. So set a comfortable deadline for yourself. But remember this, if you set it and you're comfortable the moment you set it, don't move the goalpost. It's okay if when you get to that deadline and you honestly, genuinely feel you haven't gotten there fully, it's okay. Then you give yourself a new deadline. But in the middle of it, stick with it. Stand firm and allow yourself, your internal guidance system to get you there. You don't have to know how, you just need to stand firm and trust that because you set that intention, because you set that deadline, every part of you is in on the plan. Every part of you got the note. Every part of you is executing this on behalf of you. All you need to do is set the deadline. You need to want to hit the deadline. Now, the reason deadlines work is because you're giving yourself ample time to feel everything you need to feel in order to completely flush it out. In the example that I gave you with with my own experience, I said that for every three good days I had, I gave myself a little reward, right? That doesn't mean that you have to do it my way. You can gamify it your own way if you want to. And even though I set up that system for myself, I refrained from punishing myself when I actually did feel bad. If I couldn't have three good days consecutively, I didn't text my friend and say, I give up. I didn't have three good days. I failed. No, I didn't. I just told him, 
hey, I'm being honest with you. Today's a hard day. I have to restart my three days. Guess we're stuck at two cocktails for now. You know, like make light of the situation because even in your pain, you are allowed to experience a bit of humor and, and joy and lightheartedness. The process of letting go of any sort of healing is not linear and you shouldn't try to make it that way. Setting a deadline is also not a caveat for you to postpone feeling things, okay? I'm just going to put it out there. If you feel like shit, that time is meant for that. The deadline is for you to get over it, let it go, to flush it out by then. But until then, yo, it's replay. Feel what you need to feel, okay? The more you try to control the process, vis-a-vis even with the Sedona method, if you try to control every single answer you give or micromanage how that process is supposed to feel, you're not letting the process do its job. So whatever method you choose, even if it's not a method I've mentioned here today, give yourself that permission to feel like shit. These tools are there for you if you need extra support. Just to let you know that there are people going through things they find really hard to talk about, let alone let go of. But it's possible because, again, letting go is part of our nature. Now, you can definitely combine these two methods that I just shared with you. How I would do it is, say you want to set a deadline, but you're not actually sure if you're ready to let go, right? Use the Sedona method. Once you've reached yes, yes, now for those three questions, it's a very good sign that, okay, let's set the deadline. And you might actually be surprised. You might get to that goal earlier than you think. It's possible. It's possible. Because the Sedona method would have probably already kickstarted your letting go process. And you put in a deadline just to cushion it. There's no rush to let go of everything right now if you're not even sure if you're capable of doing that. But the deadline gives you room to wiggle, wiggle room. Okay, I guess that's why they call it wiggle room. It just hit me. But yeah, give yourself that space, boo. It's all good. Take your time. You're still in the process of it and you will get there. I don't know what you have going on in your own life and I might never know. But one thing I know for sure is that you are fully capable of letting it go. And it's not the technique It's not what anybody else says about the situation. It's not even about the logic that you can try to come up with to justify why it's time to let go or why you should let go. Your body will tell you when you're ready to. And even if it feels scary, even if it's just 10% today telling you, I think we can let this part go, just this 10%, try it. I hope this episode freed you today in any way possible. And I'm going to talk to you soon. Updates on part two of this season will be on Instagram really soon. Until then, take care. Bye.